I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking world Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Today is third. Oh, now they're telling me it's Friday, September 24th. It's the Match Week 5 recap. And Patrick, people are in their feels over on the blue side of Manchester. Petty wars have reached fever pitch between Pep and the City Supporter Group. Isn't it just spectacular? They got everything in the world. Absolutely it's, everything. It's Barnum and Bailey. One, the, the one thing the show that matters. you can't miss. Yeah. Yeah. The best team in the world just can't seem to put keisters in those seats. Well, mm-hmm. just to catch everyone up and settle you into the podcast, pull up a nice cup of coffee, maybe a beer, cozy on into your seat. After the victory over RB Leipzig in the Champions League, they filled about uh, 38,000 out of a 55,000-seater. And Pep said, I would like for more people to come to the game on Saturday. This got a few... <laughs> Listen, I just read the quotes. <laughs> this got a few people in a tizzy, and uh, he came back out saying that the press misinterpreted his statement to mean that he was disappointed with attendance. And Patrick, I don't know about you, but to me it seems like he's approaching this kind of like a lawyer. He's like, I said I would like more people to go. I didn't say I was disappointed with the amount that were there. Yeah, I mean, his, his direct quote, uh, James, I know you clowned me for my preparation, but I told you I was prepared. I'm ready to talk about this. His direct quote, I'm not going to apologize for what I said. What I said was that we need their support. I was honest. Did I say after the game that I was disappointed because the stadium was not full? Interpretation is interpretation. This is the direct <laughs> quote. This man has You're only on record ever, as saying Pep is the pettiest manager in entire He football. is so passive aggressive. The only person that can cause him to break that is Mourinho. And I, I, I believe uh-huh. that is, that is one why, of the reasons that's that he's why, the special one. That's why Barcelona Madrid in the early 2010s was electric. I think Pep had a mental break. Mourinho made him go on sabbatical. <laughs> he, he quite possibly did. It, Mourinho, mind you, is off to the best start of his managerial career. So maybe he'll make him go on a, a different mm-hmm. sabbatical after he stomps mm-hmm. him in the, in the Champions League round of eight or quarterfinal, whatever they meet in. Uh, but no, it's just it's just hilarious um, because I mean it's, it's it's a there's almost like a do you feel like there's a complacency? Obviously, there's like the jokes about the empty hat, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll surely allow you to go on whatever tangent you'd like. But do you think that there is because obviously they're they're one of the best teams in the world, and you can't fill up a stadium. It's objectively hilarious. You think it's just like a complacency with Manchester City supporters, where like it's early season, early in the competitions, like. We're going to be there later. Doesn't matter. Don't care. Because obviously there's, you know, that, that, that stadium gets full. It's a strange one, Patrick, because people pay to see the best players in the world, right? You've got De Bruyne. Um, you've got, you know, Jack Grealish. They just signed to a world record. You've got Sterling. Amazing, amazing players. And you would think it would fill seats. I think the fact of the matter is they're, I know this is going to catch some flack, they're the second biggest team in their city, and, and even though City, Man City is now getting worldwide appeal and people love watching their games, hell, I enjoy watching City games most of the time. 
it's the the people aren't in that vicinity to go to go fill the stadium. Um, and I think it goes to show like Pep is feeling this effect. If we're going tit for tat on the quotes, he also said, and I love this one. <laughs> I learned the history. He said, I learned the history of this club, which is probably equivalent to like pulling up the Wikipedia from 2007 <laughs> onwards and what it means to travel and follow this team. I don't want to. Oh, he's just he's just digging his own grave. I don't want to be like United, Liverpool, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Madrid. I'll throw an Arsenal for you. He didn't say that, but it's paraphrased and assumed. Mm-hmm. Of course. I don't want to be like all the big clubs. We are who we are. <laughs> I mean, now, me, yeah. <laughs> also, like naming clubs, he's also managed that as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Bayern, Barcelona. No. No. This is this is different. This is different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Meanwhile, Patrick, you've got the most insecure supporters group in the entire country telling one of the most influential football brains ever to exist to stick to coaching. <laughs> like he's a rec league coach giving you parenting advice on your kid. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. And then they went on to quote their attendance against Arsenal earlier in the season as almost full, which doesn't exactly help. <laughs> yep go on like, our attendance earlier in the season was stellar it was almost full right and then Patrick I'll let you chime in here with your thoughts on this but the icing on the cake for me was Pep going right to the ultimatum phase which you know is the sign of any healthy relationship by saying if people aren't happy with me I will leave <laughs> which just shows <laughs> it's like oh uh, Okay. It just shows how he views his power in the relationship. Right. Uh, it's just, it's so perfect. Because he just goes off and just, just stirs the pot and says, you know what? I, yeah, if you if you want to make this a bigger deal, I'm, I'm toast. And everyone's just like, no, we just didn't want you to do it in the first place. It's not like we want yeah. you to go. We just, yeah. we just, we just don't want you calling out like the one thing we're insecure about. Uh, other things I think that were, were, were missed, James, the... Um, the uh, 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 the comparison of home attendance against the Southampton team in the brochure uh, was another one that was that was floating mm. around there. Not sure if that's in every program. It would be it wouldn't be surprised if that was just standard in the program and just the timing of it made it hilarious. But let's pretend they put it in there specific for that game. Uh, that makes for a better story. Uh, there was also, I believe, the supporter, the leader of the supporters group, uh, talking like it's just bro. What do you what, why why even say anything? But he's saying, well, we don't have. You know, six thousand tourists coming to our game every year. We're only like the hardos. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like well, sure. Of, that's that's kind of part of the part of the point, though, isn't it? There, bud, uh, is that, that that these clubs actually have appeal to people coming to town as well. Um, you know, the only way you can go and see those games is to become a member of the supporters group and uh, online and get the ticket. So, again, I did, um... dig the grave, bud. Uh, <laughs> Patrick, well, this does go. Sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, I don't, we don't like to get political on this podcast, but it does smack a little bit of like Trump when people said his hands were small. It's right. just like you just go on this like propaganda tirade <laughs> of like proof that my hands aren't small. It's like, how do we show to you that our attendance has been satisfactory yeah. over the... But I do, I mean, you, you asked me a good question earlier and I do want to flip it back on you. Um, cities, it has all the ingredients of appeal best manager in the world, some of the best players in the world. They've been winning everything over the past five, ten years. What do you think it is? And it's very funny that the supporters group is like, yeah. 
they're like, you don't understand what the working class person goes through midweek, you know, with family and kids. And it's like, it's not that any of that's not true, but United seems to sell out a Carabao Cup game. Uh, mind you, we're not talking Leipzig in the Champions League. We're talking Carabao Cup. Arsenal sells out Carabao Cup. What is it to you in, in your mind? And we're well, not look, trying to... This isn't a have a go at City segment. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Well, well, it isn't, it isn't, James, isn't it? Maybe this is the well, turning point. Well, it is point. by design, isn't it? Yeah, maybe Yeah, maybe this is the turning point. Uh, well, let me ask you this. This is in, in, a, in, a, in a way to kind of prove my own point. Do you think Jack Grealish gained or lost fans when he went from Ashton Villa to Manchester City? You got to say lost, right? Even questioning it, I think, proves the point. Manchester City, lost. yeah, I think that, you know, we always talk about, you know, what are, what are the, you know, the Super League, that was against the tenets of football, all mm-hmm. of that. You know, people like to shit on Man City, like to shit on PSG, uh, the, the Red Bull clubs of the world, right? There's something inherent in fandom where I think across across all sport, there's more teams that have to do it kind of quote-unquote like the uh, like the, the right way, the organic way, uh, you know, not buying a championship is something that we hear, right? And I don't, I, I'm not here to say, like, City has, uh, uh, you know, done it the wrong way or anything like that. It's a perfectly legitimate way to win. And it's, you know, we're, we live in a capitalistic society, so is what it is. Deal with it. Figure out a way to adapt. However, I don't think people uh, identify with that type of journey and that type of road to success as much as they would identify to certainly like the story of like Leicester is the extreme, but even, um, you know, some other clubs who you can see the, like, like even the, let's say Manchester United, um, you know, wins a title in the next, you know, uh, next couple of years, two, three years, whatever it is, you know, even though they had all this success and they've certainly bought their fair share of players, like there's a, there's like a journey, right? There's a there's a progression. There's a grind. There's a satisfaction. Plenty of, plenty of troughs to come back right. to, to um, the top. Yeah, to quote, um, gosh, I'm blanking on the artist name, but you only know you've been feeling high when you're feeling low, James. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You only miss the cold when it starts to snow or are something singing, like that. Are you singing Let Her Go? Yes. Oh, dude, uh-huh. I just did that on karaoke uh-huh. in my living room like less than a week ago. At the time, B plus, yeah, A minus material on the playback. That's, we're, clo- we're, that's closing we're, we're talking time material, Patrick. Yeah, that's we're closing close. time material. People grab your coats. Patrick's striking up a letter go oh. on the karaoke machine. But, um, you only know you love her when you let her go. <laughs> and you let her go. <laughs> I think Jack Grealish is a funny example. To bring it back to football. I think Jack Grealish is a funny example because... He was the he was the darling over the summer. Think back to June, you know. It's amazing when he was in the England team. Like people were of all fan groups, myself included, were like, "You got to play Jack, love Jack." And honestly, I haven't lost any respect for him because the guy just wants Correct. to play in the Champions League. When you're a professional, like, and he doesn't seem to care either. You saw the way he celebrated, like, scoring a goal against Leipzig in the Champions League. Like, this is his childhood dream. It's the stage he wants to be on. Fair play. And he's goal. already achieved the dream of captaining his boyhood club you know it's about progressing and building and there's a level right. of respect in that but it's i do journey. totally agree um that it does feel like uh there's no so- like it's formulaic there's no soul it's like we are going to get the best manager and we're going to get the best players and we're going to win but there's it's... no nar- there's no real narrative to the club yet 
Right. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's why it's like the same the same reason like everyone uh, gave uh, Kevin Durant all that shit and that Golden State Warriors team all that shit. It was like, well, okay, right. sure, right. like. If players that's how you want to do it, you know, like, you know, and again, I, yeah, no, no disrespect to the players. Honestly, I mean, sure. I mean, I guess there's, there's, I was going to say no disrespect to Man City, but you know, I think a little bit, you know. <laughs> this whole segment's been no disrespect, <laughs> but a little disrespect. <laughs> With all due respect, Mr. Dennett, you can kiss my ass. And <laughs> that was a segue out of my point. I didn't need to do that, James. Didn't need to do that. And now I'm lost. <laughs> You've hoisted yourself. Yeah, with no, the, with this, the is, Knights. Guys, this is this just a, this is just a peek behind the curtain. I'm I'm not perfect. There are dents in the armor, and mm-hmm. you know I can't I can't beautifully go in and out of every single tangent and non sequitur I do. Um, that's but what I'm using, here for, Patrick. You're using my... non sequiturs. Yes, thank you, James. Yeah, no, that's what I'm here for, Patrick. You're my play by play guy. You, you're. I'm play by play. You. Oh no, sorry. You're my color guy. Oh, thank you float God. Around. You, you're the free roll. You float around the box, do nothing for 80 minutes, and then pop up and score a worldie. Mm-hmm. I'll keep things ticking over. The podcaster's Hernan Crespo. <laughs> you're on one today. <laughs> really? Dude, Survivor premiere, baby. We're back. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm just amped. I think the best way to close this out is by saying, no matter what team... In a, in a pretty mellow Carabao Wednesday, decided it was time to get on social media and have a pop at, at, at poor, poor city, <laughs> who just like are winning but losing so simultaneously. United Social Admin, after losing today and getting knocked out, had the balls to say, win or lose, it's still a privilege to play in front of 73,000 strong. <laughs> and like picture of the full stadium. And if they didn't have such this little like... Little man syndrome with this, it would be a non-issue. But it's like you know, there's right. there's no right. one that is going to like dig in to banter better than the English. So if you give somebody oh. a reason and you show that you're insecure about something, you got to take it on the you got to take it on the chest. It's the only way to bury it. Dude, you got to take it on the chest. It, it it like it's so inherent to like you think about friend groups when like you're roasting a friend on something. And if they're just like, they like laugh along with it, it's not like you let it go. It like dies down pretty quickly. Right. But if they make such a point about it, it's almost like more fun to pile on. Like if the city supporters group was just like, yep, but like look at these trophies, you know, it would just like die. But instead yeah. they're like, no, this is the exact attendance report from our last 10 home games. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's open season for the rest of teams. And then you've got Arteta himself, the former city man. Uh, in his post-match saying, to have 50,000 fans in the Carabao Cup on a Wednesday night is pretty special, and it doesn't happen in many places. It's, I mean, why why not? Why not? Just get smacked around 5 nothing and then have a go at your former employer. Why not? Why not? If he's going to smack around 5 nothing, let's, 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 let's dump some gasoline on that fire. And also, mind you, might be a decent transition, James. Pay you back for the one earlier. Uh, they laid an egg. In front of those fans against Southampton, goose egg in terms Got of goals it. and Patrick. I think you're going to hang of this thing. Wow, that's enough for today, James. You take it from here, <laughs> Patrick. This is this is when I this is like when I send us out of the podcast, and I know you've been tuned out for five minutes and just asking yeah. a random icebreaker. Once the is district's that, done, I am yeah. checked. Similar out. vibes, similar yep. vibes. But let's talk on the field. 
the rallying cry from Pep to get fans in the stadium for City versus Southampton. A whopping nil-nil result, but it was not without incident, Patrick. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the refs and how in the mud we are after starting strong, but we knew it couldn't last. Let's talk about Kyle Walker. Mm. Let's talk about this overturned red card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, ju- I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. I think the technical term for what happened is Kyle Walker absolutely clattered him. Clattered sure. him. Cleaned him out. What, what ended up happening? Penalty called on the field. Overturned. Oh, red card on the field. Overturned penalty. Overturned red card. Madness ensues, and you can only assume that Walker was just as surprised by his reaction. I don't know if you saw his face. He's like, so I'm good? Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like wait, what? It's one and of then, those that only the officials got wrong. Uh, tell me more about that. Everyone else had it right. Players on the like Walker knew, City knew. Like, no one, no one was begging for this car to be overturned. It was like, or, or certainly not the penalty. The card maybe, you know, I think that they always... Yeah. You know, they, they say they're going to be a little bit better on that, but the the rule is right. If you if you're if you're not like if you take somebody down without making a, an attempt on the ball, that's when you can get that um, that 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 triple jeopardy, so to speak. Right? You can be sent off and get the penalty uh, given. Is that double jeopardy? Well, there's the penalty. There's being sent off and there's being down a man. Triple jeopardy. Isn't sent off and down a man the same thing? No. So you were sent off as an individual out of there and then the team is down a man mm. triple jeopardy mm. oh okay i've been saying double jeopardy this whole time yeah and then maybe wow. even quadruple jeopardy if they score the goal then you're down a goal and the fans are missing out on a spectacle all twenty thousand of them quad jeopardy yep quad jet shout well, out Patrick. ken jennings <laughs> what's it was it a red card is the debate i think to overturn the penalty is like to, okay, sorry. To overturn the red card, that's a maybe yes, maybe no. It could go either way. People talk about whether or not he makes a play on the ball and if that discounts double jeopardy. If they overturn the red card, that's fine. I think that's a great use of VAR. You want, the, you want to play in good spirit of the game. To go back and overturn both, the double doozy, so to speak, entirely, entirely ridiculous. Yeah, and of course. Just, of course. And, and we've, seen, we've seen... And what's, what's the point... Of, of overturning that with all the rest that's going on, right? You know, it's like right. It, that one wasn't anywhere close. And for me, you know, it depends what we're using. But if we're using the precedent of David Luiz's red card from a year ago, Kyle Walker doesn't make a play on the ball. Oh, you know, I mean, you can go open season on precedent. Sure, right. If we're using precedent, there's no play on the ball. Um, I think this in in my kind of like Dixon's law spirit of the game. To me, that's a yellow card and a penalty. You know, he's 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 he's. You know he's he's trying to win the ball and he's a little late. Like that's that, to me that's a yellow card and a penalty. Let's move let's move it along. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In like the spirit of the game, don't, I don't right. interpret pick apart the rule as much as you want. But that's that's how I see it. Um, and, and 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 it's a, it's a, it's one of those orange cards, right? You know, uh, it's one of those where you know if it's a, if it's a yellow, you can see it. If it's a red, you can see it. Um, but to to change it from a foul to not a foul is it was just mind blowing. It was mind blowing. And we had, you know, again, we had some good ones. Um, they got the one right in the Arsenal game, the, the one that was originally called a penalty on Ramsdale. They had some absolute blunders uh, in the United game, one worse than the other in my in my eyes. Um, but yeah, man, we can't. It's, it's it. 
we knew it was it was too good to be true. We were we were, we were what four match weeks in and, and complimenting the officials. Yeah, no oh, chance yeah. that was going to last. Oh yeah, I mean, there's nothing like on the match week one recap just just doing a clap like a standing ovation round for the refs. We you should have only exist in such a moment in time. We should do a. It's been this many uh, you know days since we've had an accident. This many match weeks uh, since yeah. the officials have had a yeah. have had a blunder. So we right now we're back to zero. We're back to zero. So they've got this match we week honestly, coming up. After this match week, Patrick, we should honestly be in the negatives. Well, you got to you got to stay with a you got to stay with zero. It's been it's framed properly, right? It's been this many days since. Uh, so we're gonna go with this many match weeks since the officials have had a blunder. James, I bet you hundred dollars we can't get to five. Save it for the district, Patrick. <laughs> You'd be a fool to take that bet. Yeah, no one's taking that bet. Absolutely not. Here's a little uh, inside baseball for you, Patrick. You mentioned West Ham United, which we'll get to right now. Mm. Guess who was in the VAR booth at City Southampton? City Southampton. Feels like a John Moss. John Moss was on the field. Oh, then it had Mar- to be... Oh, okay, I, oh. I heard it. I yeah, heard it. Yeah, you're, yeah, you've already got it. You've already got yeah. it. Martin Atkinson was in the VAR booth. Shambles. Pulling the strings. Pulling the strings. And then he goes out onto the field for West Ham United the next day. Wow. West Ham versus United the next day. And, and does a madness. Tim Donaghy, I believe two point oh. He might have been. So, he might have been clued in. He might have been clued got, in. And he was trying to help me out on the district, the meatball for West Ham. Maybe it was James. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was. It was like and a I true. Had City bu- it was like spread. a. Wow. It was like yeah, a true Buffalo Wild Wings commercial, Patrick. I feel like you're in the degenerate booth, like flicking the red button. And it's like take this game to overtime. <laughs> so Dude. you got it, Luke Shaw Penn. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I'm sure they're a little bit more. Uh, uh, for me, the first, the first no pen on for Ronaldo, and I think I'm getting the order right. But the first one, I think, I think both of them were were penalties. So for the record, I think I can help clear it up for you. The first one was earlier in the game was Sufal kind of like stepping across in or like making a movement across into Ronaldo's path, clear contact. Um, and then the second one was was Zuma with the kind of like chopping slide tackle and i know my adjectives are painting a picture right now yeah it, it was it was a slide tackle when yeah. it when it was at the end of the game yeah so for me both of them um were penalties also luke shaw's was a penalty he got that one right uh, oh wow okay all right yeah but you can't your arm can't be that far out you kidding me uh, well let's just jump right to it i don't know how you, i think that's a a, pl- a call made by refs who don't Who've never actually played the game, bro? There's no way Martin. Atkinson they don't. They've has never defended. They've never defended in their lives. There's no way Martin, Martin Atkinson is at this level. Has not played football in his life. Never Zero touched chance. the ball. Never touched the ball. You don't I think he's ever touched the ball, Patrick? It's natural defending movement. It's so insane to me that you're adjusting in real time, trying to keep your balance and the distance of however many feet away from the ball kicker. It just makes contact with the hand, and then oh, it's a penalty. That seems like a really big, shitty punishment. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a little bit of a moving target, you know. And the 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 penalty rule. I mean, it, honestly, I get to the point now where I'm. I used to be one of those. Well, here's the letter of the law. Blah, blah, blah. They don't care about the letter of the law, so I'm just going to call it They're how I see feel. it. Yeah, They're I'm going to sell feel. how I feel. This one was is you. It is natural, right? Yeah, his arm wasn't in an unnatural position, but you're in the box, you're blocking across late in the game, and you've made yourself 
massive with that arm. You've cut out yeah. a whole other avenue of the cross. It was just too far from the body for me and too far away from the shoulder. Well, That's all it was. Anyway, all back right. to the other hey, two. Well, hang on, hang on. I just want to say respectfully, sure. respectfully disagree. But at the end of the day, I don't want to do the whole woe is me United act because... Like you said, you you've seen it. You've seen, yeah, exactly. That's exactly why. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nailed it. <laughs> but save that for another day. You got one. Save in, it in for a rainy day. You've right? you've seen it. You've seen it called a million times. A million times. Sometimes it's probably benefited United. So it 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 goes around, and it's not like a. It's not like an any one team gets it in a, in a particular way. It, it well, just went against us. It just it just went against us that way, like that way on that game. And I fully disagree with it. But you know, calls like that are going to get made, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah, we could yeah, it's, a, it's on the line. You could take us talking about VAR and the officials and just like splice it into any podcast we've done in the history of time, and the context would make sense. It's just a it's a, a tale as old as time. I do th- I do like how they're you know it's a little some of it's getting a little egregious the 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 hacking down of players that's going uncalled. I think they're missing some clear ones, but I do like the general just kind of rate of play that's come from this season. I, think I do that's too. Been better. Uh, I do too. I don't know if that's a hot yeah. take, but I totally agree. Yeah, I think it's. I think I would prefer. I'd prefer they miss a couple. You know, nailed on fouls that are quite honestly, very rarely going to turn into goals for the other mm-hmm. team, right? Very rarely is it going to impact the game versus every little little thing is, you know, somebody on the floor and if they've got the 1-0 lead, yeah. that's 45 seconds off the clock. And, you know, it's just, a, it, I prefer what we're doing. Uh, for me, yes, both of the Ronaldo ones were pens, missed. The first one I thought was a one you think that's got- a You think that's a reputation thing? The first one I thought, I mean, I also view Martin Atkinson as one of those curmudgeons who's like, nope, not giving it to you. You know, and I think that the first one, uh, Ronaldo touched the ball around the guy and ran into him. And there's like the one slow-mo angle where you're like, well, yeah, maybe I can see that as being like, you know, he put he's it to playing, the left and ran to the right. It. He's looking for it. Um, I, I, won't deny, them, I won't deny he that went, he was playing for it. He was yeah. looking for both of them. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that's the biggest thing for me is like, you can be looking for something and it still be a pen. And I think that the way Atkinson looked at those two was he's looking for it. I'm not giving it. That Zuma was completely the exact cleans him out. Point. And if he's running, he gets absolutely wrecked and like his ankles get 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 smashed. Or he can just kind of pick his legs up off the ground and go down. Right? He's protecting himself. Zoom is out of control. Pen, ten times out of ten, uh, we just happen to be on the eleventh time, and Mark and Atkinson was in control. That was the exact point I wanted to make, Patrick, and I was mulling it over ever since the game happened. Those two things aren't mutually exclusive, you know, where it's like you can look for contact and it can still be a penalty. It doesn't constitute a dive. In fact, it's pretty baller if you can make a defender commit. Like though they're like Sufal and Zuma, what made those penalties to me are they are going all out to win the ball right. and neither of them get the ball. Like they yeah, full on go in for the ball. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, it's a deft it, little touch to draw the foul. It should be a given. Yeah. Anyway. Congrats on De Gea saving a penalty. First time since, uh, I don't know, 2016, feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of cool. 
Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Would have liked one of them to come in the VRL penalty shootout, but we'll take it here. Yeah, that's, you know, I know how we talked about, like, getting, you know, just leaning into the, the jokes so that other people can't make fun of you. I can't, I mean, I don't want to say, I, I, I was I was going through my head, just, what's my what's a good whippersnapper for this one? And uh-huh. took me right to it. So, yeah, there he is. <laughs> Dave saves, I suppose. Dave saves, parentheses, once every five years. <laughs> uh, Mark Noble taking the pen, Patrick. Uh, do you think it was an idiotic call, or it's just one of those live by the sword, die die by the sword, he's a genius if it pulls off kind of thing? I think people overanalyze it. I think it is what it is. You know, I, I it's, it's, it's one of those, like... He was uh, sitting on the bench with his sweats on. Yeah. He had not warmed up. Yeah, but he's also kicking a ball 12 yards, and he's a professional. You know, I, I, I think the he is old. Him. Yeah, he is old. Uh, he's not getting the Kobe retirement tour quite the way I think he would have expected uh, but the no, Mark Noble retirement tour doesn't have the same ring. Yeah, what I mean, one one uh, one club man. If I'm if I'm uh, correct in that, he's at least been at West Ham as long as I can remember. I'm not sure if he's had a history before that, but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of those things that's like if you're gonna do it and it doesn't come off, uh, you just, you just got to take the take the criticism because mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's a risk. You're putting yourself out there, right? Uh, you know, substituting the keeper before the penalty shootout is like. Van Hall Stuff looks like, like an that. idiot if if Tim Krul doesn't you know isn't a complete and utter psycho in that in those World Cups right uh, but then he now he looks like an absolute genius it's that just, might be it's a just, top ten know, World Cup moment for me it's it's Slight pretty tangent. great it's I mean incredible. pretty pretty great it's absolutely incredible Dude, that that you know if if you could bet like I gotta find a bookie that'll give me odds that Tim Krul will get a yellow card. Before, like during the penalty shootout process, <laughs> at some point during the season, it's, it's printing money. That's printing Stretch money the right limits. there. Yeah, as much as he can, as much mm-hmm. as he can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if uh, if City versus Southampton was the refereeing warm up, and West Ham United was the the next stage, then Brighton versus Leicester is like the Vince McMahon falling off his chair. It was it was the piece de la resistance, Patrick. There were some incredibly tough calls in there and all of them against Leicester, which does not help the narrative. Um, you got to feel for the Foxes there. Obviously the Graham Potter Brighton story is nice, but, but let's break him down. You've got the Vestigard handball in the box. And I think these are escalating in terms of ridiculousness because you've got the Vestigard handball in the box, which leads to the Mopay penalty. The first offside screening call on Harvey Barnes and Patrick, I knew, I, like, I had heard going into this that, like, some weird refereeing things happened. So I was like, oh, that was it when I saw the handball. And then sure. I was like, oh, that was it on the first offside screen call. And then the second one where they call Harvey Barnes again for screening Sanchez in goal and getting the goal, getting it chalked off. Absolute it was one of those scenes. days. It was Absolute one of those scenes. days for Lester, wasn't it, James? Uh, as much as we'd like to make fun of him for. Uh, for Bob. there's just those games where nothing's going to go your way, or things might go your way, and then this get kind of swept out from underneath you. Uh, just it's just it's just one of them things, James. And it, it just was all all Brighton uh, on on the day. Things were coming up Brighton for sure. Uh, bit ridiculous for me. I think in, in the, the the handball was. <laughs> I mean that was, when we were talking about like what can what can be done about it. That one. Who who's in charge of that match? Was it Stuart uh, Atwell? It feels like a Stuart Atwell decision. A Stuart Atwell out. joint. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, but it was the same exact kind of thing with Luke Shaw where it's like... It was away how, from it, him. It was away from him. So I can get like somewhat behind it. But he's also being fouled. So I think if you're looking at the whole, the whole context, him being fouled comes before that handball. It's like, you know, how... It, well, you're making a natural yeah. body movement, even though it feels unnatural. Yeah, it, there's a lot of factors in there. With that, I will say, it's a tough call with a lot of things you have to consider. So I get that. I want to cut them a little bit of slack. What I can't cut slack for is the assistant referee calling these offside screens. It's How like, um, do you have the depth perception to know? Incredible. Like, it wasn't VAR. It was called on the pitch. Right. It, and and it, it's... It's just absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Lester Lester got three points off of Arsenal for an absolutely joke of a call in this exact same fashion last year. So it might just be the chickens coming people, home to roost. People forget. Yeah, people forget. they do. The streets don't, mm-hmm. but people do. Uh, but it's just it's just this guy wants to be a hero. Is what it is. If that's a call to be made, let VAR make it. That is a that is a stick up the butt referee call. Uh, even when it's even when it's nailed on, it's a, it's a, it's it's one of those. And we've seen some pretty bad ones. Um, y'all got do you bailed think that out AR, against do you think Everton that AR went home at some and point? he was just like just real quick do you think he went yeah. home that day and he's like I fucking nailed it oh he <laughs> just made himself a nice little cup of tea had some biscuits and took care of business I mean is <laughs> was he was he wrong Wait, on the first one what, what do you Sorry. mean no 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 um, I was just talking about I, biscuits he was right on the first one for what it's worth it's just like I a, do agree I do agree the first one could have gone either way the second one, he was just having a go. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 horrible. And the 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 thing is, like the first one, Ariola was asking for it. The second one, he doesn't know Sanchez. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, it is Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got the same little build in the in the buzz cut, doesn't he? Okay, I didn't even actually. No, I did see Ariola. Ariola on West Ham now. I saw him today. Yeah, Ariola is West some Ham. Team. Got, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. It's still the new season, James. I still got to figure out. I'm not really acquainting. tuning into Brighton. Not yet. The process of acquainting. Uh, well, disrespect. That's yeah, top 100%. six Brighton to you. 100, top four Brighton uh, to you, James. Oh. But, oh. Yeah. Yeah, but the right refs back. the refs, the refs, refs had a howler. So shout out uh, the PGMOL, uh, an acronym nobody knows what it stands for. So for just you know taking it taking it over right when things were just starting to get good, just going back and just making sure we all remember just how much uh, they enjoyed taking the joy out of it. You game. can never have things too good. Mm-hmm. You always got to stay humble, especially when you're watching the Premier League. Right, right. Anyway, it's important. Thoughts and prayers to Lester. I'm sure Brendan Rodgers' team will rebound. No doubts about that. Always sitting in twelfth, sitting in twelfth place. Patrick, Not so bad. Let's look higher up the table. It was a so-called Big Six clash this past weekend. So-called. We would have loved Spurs to have beaten Crystal Palace and rock up as the most suspect, perfect 4-from-4 team in probably Premier League history. But it wasn't a B. It wasn't a B. I think there was it was a little harbinger of things to come, the way they melt, melted down against Crystal Palace. And then, you know, against Chelsea, the first half was cute. But ultimately, thanks for showing up, Spurs. Uh, you know, they gave it a good run around and then got absolutely railroaded by Tuchel's adjustments in the second half. Yeah. Nuno was outcoached in that second half. And I thought he really? set the team out well, pragmatic a bit. Um, but, I mean, even Mourinho had some success with it. Um, I'm not sure they played particularly fun football since um, since Pochettino. But 
uh, Mourinho's had some success with it. You, know, you have the the skill that they have in that side. Uh, a, pr- a pragmatic approach can work if you if you if you take your chances. Um, there was no better finisher in the league last th- last year um, than Son. Uh, I think he had uh, over eight goals, uh, over expected uh, goals. So he was he was the most lethal, lethal finisher uh, in the league last year. Yeah. Right, right. And so, um, yeah, I mean the Palace result was uh, a strange one. This one was an expected one. I think I I, I think we were kind of hoping for a little bit more, a little bit more uh, caginess. But I mean. For me, there's been few people more impressive in world football over the last year than Thomas Tuchel. Uh, I don't think he gotta, really got you've the. Gotta, yeah. You've got to give him his flowers, right? I don't I mean, think a lot of people respected him in terms of uh, kind of broader fan culture, um, just because he managed PSG, which is of course one of the biggest clubs in the world and one, probably one of the most prestigious jobs yeah. you can get. But it's just kind of viewed as a. Uh, you know, a joke assignment to win the league. He took them to the Champions League final, and I was like, okay, yeah, right. Whatever. He was kind of, you know? he was kind of in Klopp's shadow, you know, Klopp's shadow yeah. at Dortmund, and then yeah, PSG. If you're not getting the Champions League, people just write you off as banter, <laughs> rightfully so or not. Yeah, I just remember him. Uh, I just have memories of him sitting on a cooler with a boot on, like watching, <laughs> watching United knock them out of the Champions League. That's my memory of Tuchel, but it would be. Yeah, I, it, an the way squad, but like the what he's done, Jesus. The way he's proven doubt is wrong. Whether it's how he sets out his teams, in-game adjustments, as was notable in the difference between the first half and second half of Spurs, absolutely incredible. I think this does bear saying though. You look at the team Nuno's got, and how one-dimensional it is. It's like I think if you've got Hoiberg, Son, Kane all in one team, you have the ability to go out and win any game the way they can take their chances, like you just said. But at the same time, outside of them, with Bergeron and Lucas, who even on their best days aren't world beaters, sure, they do not, they do not have nearly the same amount of game changers as that Chelsea side does. So you look at the chess pieces that Nuno can play, and granted, again... Fully out coach, not taking that away. Sure, and then you sure. look at this Chelsea team and you're like, oh, wow, we're getting dominated in the middle of the park. I'm going to go ahead and bring on N'Golo Conte, bring it to a three, and allow my wingbacks to push up. Like, that is a complete definition of game changer. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Spurs and you're like, all right, I'm going to bring on Brian Jill, who looks pro- promising, but... Yeah, no, he actually looks he, a, a solid player. He looks but promising. Is it, is it but him? He, is it Joe Rodon? Yeah. Is it you know, Harry Winks, Ben Davies? They're not making differences. You're right. It's 100% right. They have elite players in in a few different positions on the field, but you know, I, yeah, it's it's um we talked about this a bit with um with Liverpool like what what do they do if the plan doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, go to plan? Like they don't, they can't really pivot the way other teams can. Uh and they I feel like they're a team that's going to be difficult to beat. When you know when, when they're able to score first, because then I think they can just really dictate terms, sit back. You know, they, they're a team that's very professional in their results. I think Romero is someone who's going to have going to probably. It seems like he needs to take some a little bit of time to come into his own. I don't think he's right. You know, Premier League. I think he's a Premier League level center back. I just don't think he's got got the pace sure. and the the understanding quite yet. Um, but, I mean, <clears> look <throat> at that back line. It's it's you know Emerson's new, Regulon is promising, but he's he's newish. Um, Deli Alley's getting his shine again, and Dombele's getting in there, Lacelso's getting in there, and these are all people uh, who 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 you'd have to say 
you know, would you have to say they've underwhelmed at Spurs, James? Yeah, Is that fair absolutely. to say? Absolutely. At least inconsistent. You know, and Dombele goes from amazing to invisible. Lacelso consistently average, I think is fair to say. And then you look at who's going to influence the the game in the middle of the park if Kane and Son are up at the front. You know, Hoiberg is, is 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 fantastic. Oh, he's he's fantastic in there. But oh, he's, he's a great player. Around those three, it's like what what are we going to do? Like and you I need to have Bergwijn's got to be in his bag. Yeah, what needs to happen? Exactly, and you get a bit of what you saw with Kane at the World Cup, where he's like, "I'm going to drop into midfield and try and make something happen," and it's like, "Okay, you've done that. You can do that, but it's not what you're in the team for." And who's going to be on the end of the balls that you're creating? So that's they basically need something. them. They need him to drop in, and him dropping in the midfield displace the defense so that Son can get some space. Great ball into him. Let them let them toast somebody and finish like that. To oh, me, is yeah. their their offense. Yeah, no, it's, maybe that's it's, I don't. Yeah, maybe that's unfair. But that's that's uh, no, 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 no. I think you're totally right, and it's not to it's not to slate Spurs. I think I think this game against Chelsea was a perfect reveal of who they are as a team. They mm-hmm. have quality at one very specific game plan, but they don't have game changers. At least Miss- as it relates to that like upper echelon of teams. You know, I think yeah. they could still, they could probably have a couple people come on and you know, slightly change a game against like a a, a, a Wolves or something. Mm-hmm. Totally. But by the same token, it's funny because I think on their day, they can beat any team in the league. As, 100%. Shown, as shown with City. They beat City? Because they, they have. Beat City? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They thumped United last year, beat Arsenal last year. Mm-hmm. You know, not both Ooh. times, mind you, but they were able to do it once. Um, You've just stumbled upon. You've just stumbled upon another segue. It's uncanny. Wow. It's absolutely wow. uncanny, Patrick. The guy's this on This Sunday, one this Sunday, you know it better than anybody else. We got that NLD, mm-hmm. North London mm-hmm. Derby, Arsenal coming in off two straight, whelming one nil victories, mm-hmm. and I will give them some respect for that. Uh, they were Spurs. better. They were they, they were good value for those wins. I would say they were great value one. But I'm wins. not about the to hype highest up. value hype up the wins against the the relegation fodder. But are we taking this thing to the moon if they lay down the marker against Spurs at the Emirates well, on Sunday? Well, here's the thing. I was giving you the Aaron Rodgers relax, right? You know, with, with Arteta. Maybe the pragmatic approach. He's going to be here. Whatever. I think that this yeah, is your a, bar, just to remind people, the bar you set for Arteta was don't be in a relegation battle. Well, the bar that I set what I actually think he would get fired. That's what I yes. think. That, yeah, to yeah, be yeah, clear, yeah. Not, 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 not my like, let's go get it, boys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 16th is ours. <laughs> We're not going to lose. <laughs> what did Pepe say? We're not going down. What was his tweet? Something like that? He was yeah. like, out of the drop zone, fellas. Onwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're not getting relegated. Uh, oh, this is... Right, so uh, I think you can say, in hindsight, very, very difficult fixtures to start the season. Uh, this is a, a North London derby at home. You know Spurs will be up for it. Uh, Arsenal support in terms of the fans have been fantastic. I Im- think they're immaculate. Yeah, really, it has. This is not not a slight. I think they've been fantastic this year, especially right. given the uh, the in audience, the in stadium fans, the online fans uh, can jog on. Uh, but the in stadium fans have been fantastic. Uh, I think this team's going to be proper up for it. Three wins on the trot. Uh, Granite Jacques is back in the team, so that'll be interesting. Uh, I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll at least be in the team. He'll slot I honestly, right in. 
I expect him to start alongside Thomas Party. if I'm being perfectly honest with you. I expect him to start and honestly have a good game because that's who Xhaka is. Xhaka is the type to completely fuck us and then you know, score an absolute screamer in a North London derby to make us just Redeem be very confused about what yeah. to think. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then maybe take the captain's armband if, you know, Bamiyan goes off or something. We're just all like, what? Uh, but no, it's, 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 it's a game that I think is going to, to, to show what Arsenal... I honestly think this is kind of like a, a, a true test of Arsenal's, like, what is Arsenal's level? Away to Brentford, first game in the generations against the two best teams in the league, at least at the start of the season, in Manchester City and in Chelsea. Uh, and then you win two games that you should absolutely be winning uh, with right. Burnley and Norwich, who are right. in 19th and 20th. So it's like, who are they? Who are they really? You know, they're, it's it's interesting. And Spurs are good enough. The fixture is big enough. This is going to be a good litmus test for Arsenal. Not necessarily win, loss, draw, but how do they stand up um, to what is surely going to be a, a solid test? And honestly, if... Um, the the beautiful thing happens when the Spurs fans couldn't shut up about being nine points clear of Arsenal through three games and we're both level on nine through six. Oh. I think it says a lot about Tottenham because if we're being honest about who Arsenal are, if Tottenham want to get themselves into that, you know, European European picture or you know the top four picture, I think most pragmatic Spurs fans will tell you they're still off that pace. Um, but I think that if, if if they don't come in here and at least get a point against Arsenal. I think it tells you that they're going to be right in that mix, scrapping it out for Europa League again. Uh, this is a game that they need, in my opinion, uh, if they want to say, you know, we are uh, we are clear of Arsenal, uh, they need to go get the win. Absolutely. I, I don't even think a draw quite does it. I think a Spurs fan would say, like, yeah, I like not losing points to Arsenal away, but I think Spurs fans would be disappointed with the draw here. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I think Arsenal fans would be disappointed with with the draw as well. It's obviously a derby, but maybe that's a dumb dumb take. Uh, you want all three points in a derby, of course. But I do think it's a little bit more like... Self-preservation-wise. Like there's levels here. Happen. Yeah, I think Arsenal can walk away with here and say a draw and be like, okay, not great, but we know who we are. Tottenham walk away with a draw. I think they say we probably should have won that game. Right. It's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm more curious to see how Spurs go about the game. Because even yeah. though they're on the road, they should be the team asserting dominance by... by conventional it's a, wisdom of what we've seen on the season. What I do think is interesting is the way these fixtures occurred. It was the three losses you go into the international break in like, you know, by rule shambles. of social media in, in shambles. Maybe it wasn't a shambles, but it was definitely depicted that way. And then you get your two, like, let's get our bearings, 1-0 victories. What if the Norwich game came between Brentford and City? What if the Burnley game came between City mm-hmm. and Chelsea? You know, like then you would have a much more measured understanding of what this team is. And in my mind, Arsenal probably is at that, I don't know, at a level where you, you come away from a draw at home to Spurs and you'd be like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, you don't want it. I, I, I think Arsenal are perfectly capable of winning this game. The, I think the, the one big I actually, thing... I actually, actually rate him for this one. Yeah, so do I, obviously. Uh, but I, I think that they... I, I think Arteta has 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 put in, for the most part, uh, good performances in these types of games where you're, you're kind of asking yourself, are Arsenal good enough to get the win? You know, the ones where you say Arsenal aren't good enough to get the win, we usually aren't. But are, when you're asking that question, right? Manchester United games, the Spurs games, an FA Cup run, like, he... he it's a big game, and he's 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 done well in what our big games have been 
over his his uh, limited tenure fighting for the Europa League. United call in. I will say this. I will say this. Uh, I, I think the I think the way this game is going to go is it's going to be a lot a lot of intensity from Arsenal in the first twenty minutes. I think they're really mm-hmm. going to press. They're really going to push. Spurs are going to sit back, try to break. Uh, I think we, we've seen them perfectly capable of breaking. I think it's going to be a real, real good test at that new Arsenal back line. We're about to see just how good this Gabriel and Ben White pairing can be. They're, they're, they're toughest test yet. Tomiyasu is going to be set to deal with Son for most of the game. Uh, and, of course, Kieran Tierney is going to be bombing up the wing, um, effectively playing left winger. So it's those three guys against you know Son and uh, Harry Kane. See how they hold up. Uh, Spurs are going to have a little bit of possession towards the end of the game, and it's just or, or towards the end of that half. But I think this could be settled by halftime. I think I can tell you the final result by halftime of this game. I, I don't. Mm. Th- I think we're going to know exactly how this game is going to go. Uh, Spurs are either going to lay an egg and kind of succumb to that Arsenal pressure, or you're going to be in for a real cagey, you know, three four chances in the second half if you're if you go into that you know first right. half like in a tight battle where these teams don't really come out of their shell. Seems like it's both funny. teams have like yeah. they should have the urgency to win this, and I hope they let it go. I hope we get a proper derby, uh, and I hope they really both push for it because I think both teams think they can get three points here and would probably regret not getting them. So I hope that that means they come with a little bit of ambition and don't kind of sit on their sit on their hands. Yeah, it's funny. North London derbies traditionally deliver, and they're always electric for the most part. But I do have a sense this is going to be cagier. I it's like you get all that. You get all the the high pressing enthusiasm out in the first 20, 30 minutes, and then you settle into a very. It's gonna be good with fans, though. It's gonna be good with mm-hmm. fans. I'm glad sure the first ones. I'm glad the first ones at the Emirates. That place can be rocking. That's it's game of the weekend for me, mostly we'll get because Gunnosaurus. we're getting we're getting cucked with the uh, 4:30 morning. Uh, it's the only City game Chelsea game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Patrick, freak of the week. Why don't you go ahead? I got two. So um, my first one is I going shout two. going out to um, Troy Deeney. Uh, Mr. Cajones himself leaves the Premier League but can't keep keep his name out of my mouth. Um, he said, quote, um, if I saw Cristiano Ronaldo eating horse shit, I'd eat it too. Uh, and I, I believe him. Everyone wants those secrets. Uh, yeah, Mike's secret sauce or whatever, right? Um uh, it's Troy Deedy for that. My second freak of the week is Liverpool and Chelsea, who have, through five match weeks, identical results by match week. So they have yeah, the exact... did see that. Did see that. Through every single match week, they have been level on points, wins, draws, goals for, goals assist, goals against, and of course, the differential, James. My two freaks. It's a little suspect. A little suspect, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something's up. Not going to use the big C word. But it yeah, definitely seems yeah, yeah. like uh, there's been some communication across the English channels. I understand what you mean. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, yeah, chew on that. Anyway, Patrick, my freak of the week, not for the reasons stated earlier at the beginning of the show, but I'm going with Pep. He just couldn't... He's been on one. He is, for lack of a better phrase, turn of phrase, been on a bean this week. Despite all the attendance stories, they play Wickham. They played Wickham on Tuesday in the Carabao Cup, took him apart. And he goes on to his post-match press conference to call Wickham's Adebayo Akinfenwa, aka Beast Mode. We all know him and love him. You yep. know, always always fun to play play with him on FIFA. He calls him a legend of English football. 
This is a guy who's quite literally never played for a Premier League club. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, dir- Confirmed influenced by main culture. The direct quote here is, if every weekend my boys could play against this legendary striker, that would be the best development for these players. Sign him, you coward. I think Pep just looked at his calendar and he's like, oh, what, week of September 18th? Yeah, I'm going to be an absolute psycho that week. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Psycho, Psycho Pep is here. He's here to stay. What's your second Psycho. freak? Okay. All right. We'll go snake. We'll go snake style. We already did two freaks. Oh, yeah. That's right. Okay. <laughs> well, here's my second. Well, this is it. Always playing it, it so close to the chest, James. Not always fishing. <laughs> my second one is more, it's got a more continental flavor. And I'm going to tell it through Ooh. a story. I'm going to tell it through a story. In 2013, Besiktas manager Sergi Yeltsin. <laughs> <laughs> I see you too subscribe to the Sport Bible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sergi Yeltsin called Mario Balotelli brainless in an interview after his famous LA Galaxy missed shot for the city preseason. Fast forward eight years, Patrick. We're in 2021. A lot's happened in eight years. Right. Mario Balotelli playing in the Turkish League. Guess what? He scores a goal against Besiktas. A good one at that. It was a screamer. To celebrate, he runs over to that same Besiktas manager and points with both fingers at his brain. And then points over at the Besiktas manager. This dude harbored a grudge for eight years. Never forgot. Never forgot. So Balotelli gets my second freak for a strange, random managerial acquaintance that he kept in the back of his mind for eight years. God love him. Why always me? Yeah. He could be a freak in perpetuity. I'm sure if we just Googled his name every week, there'd be something on him. That's true. That's true. He's definitely freaking perp material. Alongside mm-hmm. Kevin Friend, Mike Dean, Shirley Pep at this point. And the great Carl Pilkington. That's right. That's right. Okay, Patrick. Goal of the week. Degenerate District. And then we'll get on out of here. Why don't you go ahead? With the goal of the week? Goal of the week. Goal of the week, James. I was torn here. We had some good ones. We had some meaningful ones. But for me, technique reigns supreme. It's going to Nabi Ketcha for his clean <laughs> as you like volley. Meaningless goal. On the board, but meaningful in our hearts. Brilliant technique. My goal of the week. Might see another one from this week feature on goal of the month, James. So hold your butts. What's your goal of the week? I wanted to give it to Ketcha purely for the Cantonacelli. He's rolling it back. He's rolling it back. Just eyes wide, looking around the stadium, standing in place. I don't even think he knew he was he was replicating it. It to just put came him to three him. clear of Palace. To put him, yeah, absolutely <laughs> nothing goal. Just looking around like he's Ibrahimovic. It, it's it, it was it was something else for a guy who can't get a game for Liverpool, but he yeah. made the most of it. Patrick, I don't know if this was your little coy eluding tactic at the end of yours for goal of the month. I call it like I see it. Goal of the week. If it's a beauty, it's in front of me. I'm putting it down on paper. That's why I've got Jamie Vardy's goal against Brighton. There are some goals you look at and you're like, wow, that's sex. 
It was beautiful, one-touch passing, down the wing, back across, beautiful chipped ball into the box. I think it was a string of four one-touches that culminated in Jamie Vardy just tapping in to a helpless Brighton net. Um, Mm -hmm. Incredible goal, incredible team play. Ultimately did not matter for Leicester, but that stood above the rest for me. Yeah, no, it was a brilliant, brilliant goal. Um, Odegaard's on the short list, Lingard's on the short list. Good week for goals. Good week for goals. Um, but we gave it to a couple meaningless ones, James, instead of giving it to meaningful goals from our respective teams. And I think that that should be commended. Never a doubt in the mind. Never a doubt in the mind, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not once. All right. You know what to do. Is it time? If you want to start with an apology, that's cool. But it's your show, so I'm going to let it go. James, why would I apologize? Would I, what, what could I possibly have to apologize for? Well, if you went out back and checked the barn, you'll find a couple goose eggs under a labeled hatch named Patrick Crowley. Okay, so let's go to the tape, right? I was 3-7 and seven this week across the board, um, but only a negative 13% ROI on, that, on those picks this week. Not ideal. Not ideal, James. Uh, but believe it or not, we're positive on the year. Down to 4.8 ROI uh, with an 18-22 and 22 record. Uh, and... I think you should know at this point what you're getting. If you listen to the podcast, you should know exactly who I am, what I'm bringing to the table, the risk factors, all that good stuff. And if you don't listen to the podcast, that's on you. So I don't really think I have much to apologize for, James. Um, my lock percentage is still pretty high-ish, 10 and 7, which is probably net positive. It is a net positive. That's a 4% ROI. Spicy Defin- to bowls. Definition of lock. Here's the thing. My spicy meatball uh, is is a positive. It's a 10% ROI on those meatballs, despite the fact that I'm 8 and 14. So it's like you got to weigh the good with the bad here. You know, my donkeys are bad, but I got two for you this week, James. We're coming back in. Ride with me on the journey to more success. James, my lock of the week. You said it earlier. Pin it. Arsenal are taking three points. Lock it in. Plus like that one. one like that one. 30. Plus yeah. 130. Back in my boys. Also, shout out for you um, for making me change my Burnley cover last week to a meet ball instead of a lock. Keeps that lock percentage high. Shout out, James. Uh, my, where is it? Got two meatballs that I wanted to highlight. Um, one, Chelsea City. The game we didn't really talk about, which is just because it's at 4.30 in the morning for us on Peacock. What are you doing? What are you doing? Just throwing money away, NBC. All you got to do is put it on, we'll record it, we'll watch it, we'll see all the ads. Mind-blowing. But I'm actually going to take a draw here, James, at plus 225. I haven't taken a draw all year. Mm. I haven't taken a draw once all year. Chelsea, for my money, is the most impressive team in the Premier League right now, despite the fact that I still don't think they've completely put it all together. That's why I think they're more dangerous. I think Liverpool has it all together, but they've kind of, like, they, they we're showing, we're see, we know who they are, right? I think Chelsea still have another level. Um but Manchester City, big game on the road after Pep's just kind of gone through this whole madness. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. I could see get. I could see City losing this game. Um, yeah. I don't see them winning the game. Uh, I don't see City coming in here and getting all three points. I think Chelsea are good enough, uh, and they've shown that so far this year. So I'm taking the draw. I'm a little spicy potential, and that gives me something. It gives me a little something more reasonable to root for, I think. It has me going back and forth. We'll see. Um, another meatball that I'm taking, James. Palace 
at home to Brighton. We're getting it at plus 125. That's almost two to one odds. We're getting Palace at home to Brighton. Um, the Leicester win, Whoa, we talked okay. about it. I think Brighton's impressing, right? They got four. They got four wins out of five. Um, they got four wins out of five. The 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 um, the Leicester win, an impressive one. But we talked about some uh, what's it called? Uh, just a little bit of their luck, you want to say, on on the on the on the VAR calls. If we're if we're able to call it that, uh, their Brentford win looks decent. They lost to Everton, and then they beat you know t- you know Burnley and Watford, which I think is like okay. That to me shows me that they're above kind of relegation fodder, but I don't necessarily put them on a higher level than Crystal Palace as far as like what I see on the pitch. Palace at home, um, you know, Brighton, Brighton hasn't they, they won at Brentford, but you know, I feel like, yeah, I just think this is a tough game for them to go get points. I think this is more of a toss up. Uh, this is actually kind of a show me game. Like, do do Brighton take a step into the middle of the table and step kind of out of that relegation conversation? Uh, this is a kind of game that. If they win this, it's enough proof in the pudding for me. Okay, they beat Brentford, they beat Palace, they beat Watford, they beat Burnley. Puts them, might put them on a different tier for me, but I don't think they're on a different tier. I still think they're in a relegation uh, conversation as a team. Uh, and so I'm taking Palace here. Two donkeys yeah. for you, James. You're essentially you're essentially the troll guarding the bridge to the top half of the table, and you're going to keep Brighton out with the Crystal Palace win. Right, and then they actually they got Arsenal the week after, which I think will be a, oh man, Let's get ready for that district. Mm-hmm. If, if I'll, I'll really have to nail my colors to the mask mm-hmm. there. But two donkeys for you, James. I'm taking alternate um, total lines here. I'm taking under a half a goal, predicting a 0-0 game in oh, Southampton What a Wolves. terrible bet. It's Southampton Wolves. These two teams. You hate to see it. Hot garbage, and they'll put it on full display. Plus 800, James. Plus 800. There's your donkey. And I'm having a little bit more fun one. We like overs more than unders. Over four and a half, uh, Brentford hosting Liverpool. I think this is going to be a shootout. Getting that at plus 425. So over four and a half, five total goals in that game. Four to one odds. That's your last donkey, James. And we're out. We're absolutely out. I think we're synced up there. I think we're synced up. And I think we're in line for a great week. You guys better hop on this one. Because as Patrick said himself, if you're a net positive, you got to keep shooting. I think J.R. Smith has that tattooed to mm-hmm. his uh, lower leg. Mm-hmm. Just to always keep tabs on it. Just like dangerous us. Stay now that he's playing with golf. Us. <laughs> keep catching those successes. We'll ride the wave throughout the season. Just the way that VAR does. Just the way that our favorite teams do. And just the way that Prem de la Prem does. On behalf of Patrick, we are locked in. Cruising through the start of the season. And we'll catch you next week. What's up, Prem Heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem de la Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem de la Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.